Welcome back, y'all. Today we are going to talk about, let me see if I can put this succinctly. We just talked all this out before we hit record. Yeah, did we did we get it down? I think we got it down. Okay. Here's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we're going to talk about, personally, how do we approach God? Um, and particularly, that can, that can probably be most specifically boiled down to in prayer, but even Bible reading, and even just our general thinking and feeling. There seem to be two different kind of, uh, well, approaches that we could have yeah. that we take two to God. Two camps, two approaches. One is the, um, we could say the more formal, sober, high, lofty approach to God. So your personal prayers are often read rather than prayed spontaneously, you know, if you will. It is, you know, all of your prayers sound like, you know, thou est my God, Mm -hmm. I come to thee... King this James morn, yeah. you know, um, to give a caricature. Uh, so we're talking, my personal approach to God is most characterized or described as fear and reverence because God is transcendent and big and high and lofty. And, and that's, that's how I approach him. Or there could be the opposite, uh, if you will, uh, to kind of try to use categories and language that sometimes we often naturally think, um, it's more spontaneous, casual. God is my father. He's down here with me. I'm just raw and real and authentic. And, you know, um, I don't even think about what I'm going to pray before I start talking kind yeah. of a thing. Um, so, uh, one side might emphasize sobriety and the fear of God more and his transcendence. The other one might emphasize uh, joy and spontaneity and and God's imminence and nearness to us. So I'll let you kind of start riffing and we'll see if we can kind of uh, put together a clear episode on what is the answer. Do we approach, I'll let you go, do we approach God with the fear of God as the Bible talks about sobriety, he's high, he's big, he's lofty, or do we approach him knowing we are safe in his grace, casual, authentic, spontaneous? Um, is it a mixture of the two? Is it a balance of the two? What is it? Yeah. So it's yes. Um, as even as we were talking a little bit before we got on, uh, what immediately comes to my mind is when God says, uh, our God is one, and he's teaching Israel about who he is. Um, so the downfalls of what we're doing to these two camps is almost creating two gods, right? And even two Bibles mm-hmm. uh, so far that even a guy named Marcion actually did do that, said the God of the Old Testament, the God of the New Testament. Um, and these end up being two tracks and uh, two pursuits, two ways of relating to God, two ways of doing formal worship or just worship, Sunday worship, Mm -hmm. two ways that the Christian life has worked itself out, two ways of praying, two ways of, you know know what I'm saying? All of a sudden we're in the siloed, two-camped, two-God, two-Bible reality. uh, Or we talk like this, the other camp, the third camp comes in and says, hey guys, can we just get along? Can you just be a little more balanced? You're just too much of this, and you're just too mm-hmm. much of that. Let's have a little compromise. Mm-hmm. Let's have a uh, a balance. 
but the balance is always you move into one and then you add a little bit more of the other. And then honestly, those that have wrestled with this and struggled with this don't know how to deal with it. It's that, well, okay. Um, I'm kind of confused. Uh, he's, he's angry and he's fearful and he's holy and he's just, uh, and he loves me. Um, it gets confusing. Mm -hmm. So we're saying, uh, to you, if that's what you're struggling with and you're trying to figure this out, there are no two camps. That, that, that's a false choice. It's a mm -hmm. false dilemma. It's a false problem. Uh, there are no two pursuits. God is one. So what we're, the Bible communicates uh, the fear of God or even these categories of transcendence and imminence or even what we'll talk about later, probably the end, the more helpful way of talking about this is law and gospel, uh, that God is one and he is who he is, uh, which is all that we've described and all the Bible that has described. If you want to go the majestic, uh, fearful, all-powerful, uh, holy, infinitely other, transcendent, eternal, uh, matchless in majesty, right? And he's for you in Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, and he loves you. Uh, and he proved it uh, by giving you Christ. And even Jesus saying, hey, you want to know who God is? I'm the narration of him. I exegete him. You see me, you see the Father. Uh, and so then what ends up happening is uh, you have this um, marveling at the awesomeness and the wonder of who God is, but you're marveling and you're in awe and you're stunned because he's for you and with you. Right. I think what you mentioned earlier, I thought was really good. You were describing like being at the Grand Canyon, but let's say you're being helicoptered in and you're hanging by a rope and the rope starts <laughs> unraveling. Right. Uh, the Grand Canyon is not a place of awe for you. It's a right. place of sheer terror. Right. right. And so, again, we're we're wanting to push just a little bit more in the direction of God being one mm -hmm. and the reality of God's grace and God's love, uh, at the same time, him being absolutely the rock and mm -hmm. absolutely the high and holy one, and that that creates this real new thing of astonishment mm -hmm. and this weird uh, combination of uh, fear and safety. Mm -hmm and uh, joy, and it actually kind of produces a, a holistic, so this view of God will actually produce a response that's absolutely whole on the spectrum of being a human being. And so sometimes it might be that you need uh, to recite the Lord's Prayer and just read it. And it might be that you uh, are going for a walk and you're not going to recite the Lord's Prayer. You're going for a walk. You don't, you're not going to have your normal Bible reading, but you're going to go for a walk and you remembered that you memorized some scripture 20 years ago and you're going to just meditate on that scripture. So there's a, there's a more comprehensive reality uh, to a response to God that fits the full spectrum of the human condition that the Psalms kind of map out from shouting to whispering to uh, sheer joy to um, an incredible sense of security in this awesomeness refuge. Um, so I guess what we're saying is we're actually calling for uh, 
and the Bible's calling for uh, a realism in terms of the revelation of who God is, mm-hmm. in terms of majesty and mercy mixing in the one God, not even mixing, they're just both present. Mm-hmm. There's not a false choice. I think if you if you look at the caricatures or or really the false understanding of both sides of this kind of false dichotomy, if you look at it wrongly, like if they're wrong definitions, then in one sense you just, um, well, l- let me say this. So if you go, which is it? Is it a balance? Is it a mixture? Do I take some, one of the, well, if by fear of God and sobriety, you mean scared for your life, um, well, that's not a, w- we're talking about Christians approaching God. Sure, if you are saying, I don't care about my sin and God can do what he wants, fear for your life, 100%. But if you're a Christian saying, I believe in Jesus and I'm justified um, by Christ, there is no more fear for your life, okay? The law's you know, fangs have been removed in that sense that... Um, so, so if you're saying, should I have a little bit of that? I'm scared that he might just blow me up. No, you should have none of that, um, because of Jesus. Right. Uh, and then on the other side, if, if by like joy and spontaneity and more casual, you mean like void of all uh, stunning, awe, marvel, fear of God, well then no, you shouldn't have any of that kind of joy either. Cause that would that's not who he is. How could you have joy? Yeah, it, right. And that's where we get to that whole, which I think is so helpful. Like it's the same God, right? Um, now, if you take the right definitions of those, right, this fear of God that is uh, you're stunned by him and his majesty and he's the creator and the king. And But then there's also this, this creator king has also come down and said, I am your father and he sent Christ for me. And so there's this great safety. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm stunned by him and I'm also safe before we recorded, you know, you said, uh, he is majestic, but then he's also merciful to me. Right. Um, okay. Let's say we establish right definitions. Then the question is, okay, do I mix them? Do I balance them? And I think just to make this clear, we're saying, uh, no, you don't go, I'm going to take some of this and some of that. Um, uh, Justin Holcomb, uh, who was a, he's kind of the director of a program I did, a, the- a theology program. And, and it went, he was talking about the law and the gospel, but I think it applies here. He said, some things in life are good to balance. You want to balance your diet. You don't want to have too many donuts, right? That, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. He said, other things, it's, um, if you try to balance other things, it's demonic. And he was saying, if you try to balance the law and the gospel, it's demonic. And I would say the same. There's no balancing. Like, I'm going to take a little bit of fear. I'm going to kind of fear. I'm going to take a little bit of this. And yeah. I'm going to kind of pick and choose. No, it's one God who I am approaching. And I and I approach him based on who he is. And, and so it's yes. Do I mix? Do I have one or the other? No, it's yes. I am, I am simultaneously stunned by this God who has made me a sinner safe in his presence. Um, and, and even biblically speaking, you know, when we talk about the glory of God and what does it mean that God is glorious? I think sometimes we do the same thing. We say, well, you know, God is gracious on the one hand, but he's also glorious on the other hand. He's gracious over here, but he's also glorious over here. No, no, no. When we're saying that God is gracious, we're actually saying that for God to be gracious to sinners is glorious. That's actually the central 
reality of how glorious God is, is that he could just wipe us out and he's, he chooses to be gracious. Um, so my point in saying this is that it's, it's, I am stunned and safe at the same time. I am at the grand Canyon. If I went to the grand Canyon and it was like really small, like the size of, you know, is like 10 square feet. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would feel incredibly safe, but not stunned, you Mm -hmm. know? But like you said, if I went to the Grand Canyon, I'm hanging under a helicopter and I see the rope unraveling, I'm not stunned, or excuse me, I'm not safe, and I'm I'm stunned to the point of fearing for my life. Yeah. I have to be on solid ground, I have to be safe, and I want it to overwhelm me. Yeah. Um, same with God. I want <laughs> I, I want a God who is overwhelming in glory, in his glory. And yet at the same exact time, I feel utterly safe in his presence. And that is only possible because of the gospel. The gospel is both stunning and um, and safe. And so just to say one last thing, on the ground, I think that this, because we're humans, can look, it can mean this. It can mean you go through a season, you could go through a day, you could have a moment where you're overwhelmed by the greatness of God. And that's kind of the predominant thought, emotion. Mm-hmm. It's the predominant thing you want to even read. You want to read that psalm that's high and lofty. You even want to pray in a way that is much more structured and formal than what, what may be normal or whatever. But then the next day or the next season could be more dominated by the utter nearness of God to the point of you just know that you can be so casual and raw and authentic. And the first thing out of your mouth when you wake up is not like our father in heaven. It's like, God, where are you? Or God, just thank you so much for, you know, and it could be the most detailed mundane thing. But the point there is that we go up and down in different ways and emotions and thoughts and what we may need in a particular season. And, and really God is in charge of that and knows that. And so there are times he's going to move us, I think, to more high lofty i'm stunned but of course i feel i feel safe but then sometimes the predominant thought could be just i'm overwhelmed by how safe i am and how real i can be and yes the high stunning lofty realities are there um they're just not necessarily the predominant thing yeah if that makes sense right so sometimes i want to wake up and i just want to read the lord's prayer that's how i'm going to pray I just am going to read it and that's how I'm going to pray, you know? And then some days it's like, dude, I just need to go for a walk and I'm literally going to start praying and I don't even know what I'm going to pray about until I start. So casual. Yeah. Because this one God is the king who loves me. So what we're saying is this is a one God uh, who's both uh, majesty it's who he is. I guess maybe the question is like, who is God? That that's the most important question. Exactly. Who yeah. is this yeah. one God? And whoever this one God is, that's how you relate to exactly. him. And what the scriptures reveal about who this one God is, is breathtaking and the scenery is beautiful and the scenery is bountiful and the scenery is overwhelmingly majestic and like nothing you've ever seen. And then he's for you. He loves you in Christ. He became a man and took your place and rose for you. So, and gives his spirit Mm -hmm. to live with you, that you're now the temple of God. So all of that comprehensive, whoever God is, the comprehensive God revealed in the scriptures, that's how you relate to him. I guess what we're trying 
to say, and hopefully it's helpful, the two-camp system doesn't do that. The two-track system doesn't do that. The either-or doesn't do that. And it actually uh, creates an unhealthy way of relating to God. And it can, strangely, typically follow the lines of personality and Mm -hmm. follow the lines of church traditions that have followed personalities Mm -hmm. and have followed those camps. And so you get, in a sense, not only maybe two gods, but your Christian life gets, it gets warped. It's like a bodybuilder with no legs. You might be overdeveloped in one area and so completely underdeveloped and immature in an area. And if you do go the route of like sheer terror as a Christian, it's demonic. Mm-hmm. Um, so... So anyhow, we hope this is helpful. We're looking at one God. Who is he relating to that one God in the full spectrum of being a human being? I think the Psalms and the scriptures absolutely bear that out. Mm -hmm. They're not locked into one camp. Uh, They're locked into the God who is for you. Mm -hmm. So the refuge, refuge aren't small things. Refuges aren't... (laughs) They're fortresses. They're impregnable. They are undefeatable mm-hmm. for that reason, mm-hmm. but they're safe. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, who is God? One God, majesty and mercy in Jesus Christ, um, which means that you're going to relate to him comprehensively. You're going to relate to him as a human being and how he made you. You're going to relate to him at times and seasons differently in times and seasons in which he's for you and who he is, uh, is meeting you where you're at. Uh, there's times where the, the courage and the strength and this refuge, you need security and he's that security, but it's that security and that power that's with you and for mm-hmm. you. If it's that again, if it's security and power that's not with you or for you, that's not a refuge. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyhow, when we're we're looking now this this podcast at the way we relate to God, which I think in this way you actually become more healthy, and the scriptures bear that out. If you look at the Psalms, it's giving you the whole spectrum of the human condition relating to God, relating to God as He is for you. Mm. Uh, Yahweh, which is God's good news name, his, his name that's for sinners, who he is for them elicits all kinds of yeah. proper human, needful, necessary, seasonal responses to him. Um, I think that, that refuge is the perfect illustration, an ancient castle. Yeah that you are inside of is, is simultaneously at the same time, utterly safe and utterly stunning. Yeah. All at the same time. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. So next week let's talk about church and let's talk about how this plays out in church and what your church is like, particularly worship on Sunday. Uh, should it feel more, uh, sober, heavy, high lofty should it feel super casual like there was no plan in place before you showed up to church how does this work itself out in church and worship so that's what we'll do next week